TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 595, I'm, and I'm Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the Department of Visual and Media Arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida, and host the Screen Tom podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Hi, this is Yusung, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hey, this is Peter, I write for We Live Entertainment and live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. All right, uh, let's start off with the news, Tom. ABC has announced that Station 19 will end with its upcoming Season 7. At Amazon, Karen Hines joins Jacob Elordi in Narrow Road to Deep North, an Australian miniseries that's being co-produced with Sony. Uh, Reacher Season 3 is shooting, and Season 2 just dropped, and it's really good. Uh, Good Omen Season 3 will be its last. Sunny Hostin from The View is adapting her debut novel, Summer on the Bluffs, and Octavia Spencer is going to produce the long-awaited Cruel Intentions uh, TV series is going to premiere on Amazon. Leverage Redemption Season 3 is moving from freebie to prime. And Raina Hardesty has been cast opposite Daniel Day Kim in the spy thriller series, Butterfly. At Apple TV+, Plus. John Hamm is going to star in and executive produce the drama Your Friends and Neighbors. Platonic has been picked up for season two and Foundation for season three. Yay! I was worried. That show's expensive. Disney, uh, Plus, okay. Disney Plus has added Hulu content for subscribers of both services in a beta launch. Uh, Fox has announced that Anthony Anderson will host the strike-delayed Emmys in January. And Kate Del Castillo and Santiago Cabrera formerly of Picard, will join the, the cleaning lady for season three. Freeform has canceled Cruel Summer and Good Trouble. HBO has announced that Curb Your Enthusiasm will end with the upcoming season 12. Last Week Tonight has been renewed for three more seasons, which will keep Yay! it up through 2026. A24 films are going to stream exclusively on HBO and Max, and this includes Priscilla and Ironclaw. Uh, Hulu has announced that Murray Bartlett, Christine Baranski, Annie Murphy, and Maisie Richardson-Sellers are among the cast in Nine Perfect Strangers Season 2. And to, uh, in the why Lord why <laughs> category, Kim Kardashian will play a divorce lawyer in an upcoming Ryan Murphy legal drama. No. Can she, can what she the world act? you're waiting for. No. She, I oh. mean, has, has she acted ever? She just did something for Ryan Murphy. on. Ever. Yeah, she was just in um <clears throat> The New American Horror Story. I saw the first episode. She's fine. I, I mean, she's not terrible, but eh, she's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's okay. everybody. Would that be on the poster? She's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I will uh, say, I will say, I was just talking to somebody about this that, like, when I talk to other, like, critics about pull quotes, you know, so, like, you see a movie and it's like a masterpiece or whatever. I'm always like, can I have one where I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> like, like it's it's a movie how about that it has a beginning middle and end like uh hey these days that's an accomplishment that is uh, true 
Dean Norris from Breaking Bad has, is going to join Law and Order Organized Crime as Stabler's brother. Ooh, now that's a good casting. Is it? I'm trying to picture. Uh, I mean, they're, they're both, both bald. bald. <laughs> that's all they have in common is they're both bald. They do not look alike. But Lots anyway, okay. of news from Netflix. Jamie Dornan's The Tourist, which was co-produced, uh, I think with Max, is uh, going to drop season one and then season two on Netflix on Netflix in February. They have ordered a One Piece anime remake riding high on the live action success. Uh, Blue Eye Samurai has been picked up season two for season two. As has, as has Squid Game The Challenge. Luke uh, Wilson, Diana Paris, and Poppy Lou will join Ray Romano in the dark comedy No Good Deed. Uh, Netflix has also ordered a ranching family drama. Somebody's got Yellowstone envy. Uh, called Tandem Canyon with Josh Dumal and Minka Kelly. And Lena Dun Dunham has uh, set a rom-com series too much with Megan Stalter and Will Sharp from the last season of, uh, oh, the, the resort thing. Why can't I think of the name of it? Uh, White Lotus. White Lotus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Peacock, Kevin Hart has been cast in the Muhammad Ali heist series Fight Night from producer. Wait, wait, wait. There's a Muhammad Ali heist? There, what, what was there? Did they steal Muhammad Ali? What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> Did you want me to give more details? No, I'm just It's like a Muhammad Ali heist film. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> From producer okay. Will Packer, Showtime Linear is going to rebrand as Paramount Plus with Showtime. That's just weird to me. Uh, well, I mean, it's been, they've been doing it quietly anyway, because there's plenty, because I go to Paramount, and there's plenty of Showtime shows just oh, there. It's just, it's, all, it's just there. Yeah, so I feel like... Why you don't would... need the linear service. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, Stars has picked up Power Book 4 Force for Season 3. And finally, in the huh category, Dr. Phil is teaming up with Trinity Broadcasting Network to launch God. a new network. That's <laughs> all Dr. Phil? No, it's probably going to be like positive family programming. I guess they're trying it's to get Trinity Network, to, you know, to come the on. CW. Okay. All right. Well, in case you guys didn't guess, this is our end of the year podcast, and we are going to bring you the best, the worst, and the mostly best. So it's going to be best new show, worst show, with the caveat you must at least have watched half the season because you're crazy to, to declare it the worst. Because there's been plenty of pilots that seem bad, but then the show gets better. So I feel like 50%... Uh, you have to have at least watch 50% of the show before you can declare it is terrible. Um, and then best returning show, which means it's season two. Um, all right. Uh, let's get started, actually. So we're going to start with best new show. And Peter, who hasn't been on the podcast for most of the year, but thankfully we thank you for showing up for this one. Uh, what is your Happy to be here? <laughs> what is your best new show and why? Uh, so the best new show, um, it's pretty. If, you, if anybody knows me at all, like, <laughs> I mean, HBO would have had to really drop the ball. Um, yeah, the best new show is The Last of Us. Um, The Last of Us is my one of my favorite video games of all time, and I feel like we are finally, we are finally at a point where we are getting adaptations of video games that are not terrible, that are like, oh, this is actually pretty good. 
even, even like the Super Mario Brothers movie, like, I mean, it's a kid's movie, but it's like, yeah, it was fun. But I really, I, The Last of Us as a game was already a very tight narrative and it had very rich characters. So I was always like, technically, this shouldn't be hard to adapt. Like, you just really need good performances. But I was always really sort of concerned because I love Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson's motion capture and voice work right. as Joel and Ellie. So I was like, how am I going to see other people as like Joel and Ellie? But I have to say, I think that I think that Neil Druckmann, who created the game, and Craig Mazin, who also who he did Chernobyl, right? Yes. Yeah. I think they did a, a really good job adapting it. Like that third episode, which is basically just something that's hinted at in the game, which is which is not with the main characters at all, which was it, it's with uh, Nick. It's like Offerman. a letter. It's a letter that's it's like, like a left. letter in the yeah. game. But like that episode, like really got to me. I was like, wow, man, like to go through a lifetime with these two people at the end of the world. Like, yeah. But as far as the, the whole season, they did a really good job adapting the first game. Um, I think Pedro Pascal naturally, one thing I was worried about, I guess sort of spoilers, but I'm assuming we assume you've seen these shows in the game. Troy Baker's Joel is very, hardened because obviously he lost his daughter and it's 20 years later and it's like he has now this surrogate person in ellie at the end of the story when he has to go to that hospital and basically become you know murder joel and just kill everybody or whatever like i i always believed it in the game because there's a mean streak in joel that i'm always like yeah i was like that guy like he cares about ellie and i think he'll just kill anybody like I was curious because halfway through the show, Last of Us, Pedro Pascal's version of Joel is softer. And so I was like, if he's so soft, how am I going to buy that he murders everybody at the end? But I think it works. I, I do. I actually think, I think it works a little better in the game. But I mean, like, I do. I think it works. I think we believe that, that Pedro Pascal's version of Joel would still do the things that he does, which is important. So yeah, I loved it. So that was my, that's my pick. All right. Excellent. Uh, next is Allison. What is your pick for best new show? Yeah, this was a really hard choice for me. There was some really good new shows this year and there were two in particular that were kind of vying back and forth and back and forth for my top show. But I think if I were to, to just, you know, it was, it was really kind of a matter of eeny, meeny, miny, mo between these these two uh and uh blue eye samurai came out oh, on top oh nice it's it was a late entry this year but it's it's one of the most gorgeously animated beautiful shows i have seen in a very very long time um one of those things where like i mean if you were to just turn off the sound and just look at it for the visuals it's it's so astonishingly gorgeous it really looks a lot like you know the old um woodblock paintings and the, the backgrounds are astonishing and the character design is magnificent um just it's for the senses it's beautifully done but also on top of that the the story is is terrific it's a revenge drama so we're all familiar with that kind of thing but i think it it has a new take on it which is is fascinating um it takes it takes place in a period that you know you we don't see much 
done on TV. Um, it's during the period where Japan closed its doors to all foreigners in the 1600s. And uh, for about 200 years, they were completely isolationist. And what has happened in this story is that there's this, this woman who uh, is the product of a mixed, uh, I won't say mixed marriage, a mixed mating um, forcibly. Um, and she is going to take revenge on the four Westerners who well, were in the country at the time I, that she say, was don't born. don't sum, don't really sum up the show i mean just... well i just want to i just want to give you know uh, a for those people who haven't seen it yet because i'm sure that there are some people who are listening to this some have seen what we're talking right. about and others have not i know but I, and this is saying... kind of an eclectic piece so i just want to sort of set the the table if you will um and and the, the the rest of it is is just her attempting to take revenge on the four men who could potentially have been her father uh, because her life is is pretty much destroyed, and she takes the the on the persona of a male samurai um, in order to move through this period of time that was very hostile towards women. You know, it's very restrictive towards women, and her character of Mizu is just fantastic. You one hundred percent are are on her side and and waiting for her to you know to see what she does even though she is she is a very imperfect character um and and the characters around her are fascinating um you've got uh masaoka who does the voice of her her would-be um hanger on her her second in command um ringo uh who has who who has got his own issues with you know he was born without hands um and uh the, the uh princess who is is oh, oh. rebelling against her father and all of that but it's just beautifully beautifully done the characters are compelling the voice acting for it is is wonderful um kenneth branagh shows up as the bad guy and he's great um george takai does uh this wonderful character it's just a fantastic story and i and i loved hearing that it got the okay for a second season yeah, because I'm it's excited. really going to need one yes um yes yes it's but it, yeah it's it's just it's just one of the big surprises of this year and i i was just bowled over by it i think it's great all right um next up we have yusin what did you pick um well um i don't know what allison's second choice was but my second and third choices were Last of Us and Blue Samurai. So I, I really didn't know. Um, it, was, it was a toss-up for me as well, but I wanted to go back to something early in the year because I think we all forgot about the show. It was all the way back in the way beginning of 2023. And also, we, never, we really don't talk about comedies a lot. We don't watch a lot of comedies. There aren't a lot of comedies, especially good ones. So I'm going with Shrinking. Um, I loved uh, the revelation that was Harrison Ford as a comedic actor. Um, I think we know that he's, you know, kind of sardonic and, and, and kind of ironic and, you know, has that droll sense of humor. But uh, he was a revelation. He was, uh, you know, the star of the show without really, I don't think he was supposed to be. Um, it's a Jason Siegel vehicle. Um, and, you know, normally Jason Siegel for me is hit or miss. 
Um, he is who he is. He kind of plays himself or he plays the same similar character. And I think he does that here as well, but it works so well. Um, he's not necessarily a foil to Harrison Ford. I would give that more to Jessica Williams, who I also think is a revelation. She was phenomenal. And their chemistry, Harrison Ford's and Jessica Williams, I thought was fantastic. I mean, back in the day when they were making like buddy cop movies, you know what I mean? I would have loved. <laughs> yeah, they would have been great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To see them as, as you know, buddy cops um, in a movie. So, you know, even though the show wasn't about them, uh, you know, I think the show did a great job. It was called Shrinking. So it's about you know, uh, psychiatrists slash psychologists, I think I'm not, I can't actually remember if they were psychiatrists or psychologists. Um, but really as, as these shows always are, it's not about the jobs or, or what the title's about. It's, it's about, you know, connections between the family members, the people, the characters, and, um, you know, so the job where they all work is, uh, you know, one doctor's office where they all kind of work out of, um, but really, it's about their interpersonal relationships and their and the characterization. So for me, uh, it was truly funny. It was heartwarming. It was uplifting. I mean, it was a comedy that wasn't dark. You know, there are so many even comedies. You know, even when we do have comedies, they're dark comedies. You know, um, they're ironic comedies. This was just pure joy. It reminded me only in this way. Uh, you know, of Ted Lasso in the sense that it wasn't embarrassed to be heartwarming. It wasn't embarrassed or self-consciously, you know, um, feel good. It was just feel good. It was great. It, and the humor was legitimately um, funny uh, and the acting was outstanding. Um, and it was just a joy to watch every week. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Excellent. Um, what was I going to say? I, uh, the next person I think is Tom. Yes. Yes. I will go ahead and give a shout out for one of my honorable mention for my honorable mention. Um, Lessons in Chemistry. Was oh, such a nice. surprise. I kind of wish we had a separate limited series category. But it was I didn't realize that it was a fictional that it was a fiction novel that was based on. But Brie Larson and um, uh, Lewis Pullman as our uh, our star-crossed chemists <laughs> and uh, his unexpected death. They had the guts to do an entire episode narrated by the dog, which was brilliant. Uh, I always thought that Lost, that was the, the, that would have been the perfect spec script for Lost is do one from the dog on the show before it turned into poo-poo. Um, but um, yeah, I highly recommend it. But uh, like Peter, I got to go with The Last of Us, man. I just, I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm an occasional gamer. I bought the PS5 because it's got the 4K Blu-ray player built in. But man, this show rocked. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of the early days of Walking Dead before it became about the zombie kill of the week. But the fact that the show, it wasn't about the gore. It was about the characters. Definitely. And episode three was such a standout with Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman as this couple but no um i i forget the uh the young wolf i forget her i, I forget their name uh ellie for the series bella but they, bella i uh, can't remember her last name ramsey bella ramsey but pedro pascal i think in the future 
all fatherless childs who need a surrogate <laughs> will be parented by um, Pedro Pascal. Just great. And who would have thought to put, hey, you know what? Let's get the guy who won Emmys for Chernobyl, the docudrama, which was amazing, the scariest horror movie I saw that year. Let's put him with the game, the game creator, and they're gonna make this amazing show. Yeah, it was great. It. Okay, uh, you guys have stolen all of my thunder uh, because this is what happens when you go last. Uh, so I also had The Last of Us, but since you guys have explained uh, why all the reasons why it's number one, uh, though I will point out one quick thing, which was the deaf episode with the deaf kid. That episode was really good, and the end of that was so tragic, it broke my heart as well. Um, that's but, pretty much shot for, that's pretty much beat for beat what happens in the game. That I'm scene aware, is so powerful. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very powerful. But I'm going to talk a little bit about my uh, honorable mention since you guys have overly explained. Um, but in a good way. I mean, everything you say, I agree with. So uh, my honorable mention um, is Silo, which uh, this show, That was on my list, too. Silo really just surprised me. That's the thing that television has a hard time doing. That rarely happens anymore. Where you start off with one lead character in the pilot, and then by the end of the pilot, that character's dead. And you're like, okay. And then we go to the husband, and now he's the lead character for, I think, like two episodes, one or two episodes. And I then think it was he, just the one episode. And maybe just one episode. And then you're like, oh, wait, now he's dead? And then what I give them credit for is I'm not sure if he's dead. Like, I am not 100% convinced that he's dead. So I'm waiting the whole season to find out if this is true or not. And then we switch to a third character, and we're all now we're following her narrative. And that narrative takes so many left and right turns that I don't know which way is up. By the time you, you get, like, several episodes in, I was like, wait, what are we doing? Uh, and it's so compelling. You just really want to keep watching from one to episode to the next. And then when they finally reveal, you know, what's going on in the finale, well, somewhat reveal, kind of, uh, and you finally get out of the silo, I was relatively sure that both of the characters from episode one and two were dead up until I ran into uh, David Ayelowo. At, at a, oh, at a yellow whoa. Oh, yellow whoa. Yes, that's what I said. Exactly. I ran into him at an event and did not try to say his name, thankfully. Um, and he was like, are you sure I'm dead? You sure I'm not shooting season two? And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, why? Why would you then say, you know, like he totally threw me off. And so now I'm in doubt of what I think happened at the end. We'll see. He might have just been screwing with me. Um... So, yeah, Silo. Watch it. It's good. Season two is actually in production right now. They're cutting that as we go. All right. So that's the best new shows, guys. If you haven't seen any of the shows we talk about, now you got something to watch over the break. Um, so let's move on to the depressing subject of worst show of the year. And we, oh, wait, I have myself starting. Ha! I'm starting because I went left. You see how the order went? I'm going in reverse, so I get to go first. But I seriously doubt anybody will pick my worst show because I will, uh, I'm not telling anybody my email address because uh, people are not going to be happy 
with my choice. But it goes like this. I had to have watched at least 50% of the show. And this show, I watched 100% of it, even though I really didn't want to keep going. Like at about, I think I'd watched six or seven episodes and I was like, I'm, I, I, I tapped out. But then everybody's like, no, you got to watch the finale. It's so good. And then I watched the finale. I was like, nope, still bad. So, uh, for those of you who know me, who haven't figured out what I'm about to say, it is House of the Dragon. Yes, I said it. it <laughs> it's a huge hit for HBO, but it's poorly written, not particularly well acted. Um, and if you watched Game of Thrones, it's such a disappointment. I mean, Game of Thrones is a disappointment for a whole other reason, but this is just like the most derivative of possibilities that you could do for the show. And it's not that it's not well shot. It's an expensive looking show. I, I don't think the actors are particularly good, though. I, I'm not impressed by them. I'm not impressed by the story. And really, my reason is how disappointed I am in the show. Like, I, I've read the books and stuff. And so I know this story that they're talking about. And it's like, this is like the laziest version that you could possibly do of this story. And also, you have to do something different because everybody knows how this ends, basically. So you you got to bring something else to the story. But they basically bring all the same notes that you got from Game of Thrones. You know, like, Queen having an out-of-marriage uh, tryst with a guard and have a bunch of kids, and then the king is like, oh my god, those kids totally look like me, but they obviously don't. Like, stuff like that just irritated me so badly. Just And just everybody was dumb, all of them. The best thing that happened in the entire show that I will give them is that kid fight that happened in that cave where all the children just beat the crap out of each other and they started scarring each other and cutting people's eyeballs out. And I was like, oh my God. Like that got points just for being startling. But other than that, it's a waste of your time. Don't bother. And that's all I have to say about that. Moving on. Tom, you are up. Mine was easy once you decreed that we had to have seen over half the series. Okay. Hijacked. I saw oh. every episode except for the finale and I just did not want to. First off, you went further than me. I didn't make it that far. First off, it's going to have a season two? Really? <laughs> really? Dude, this is a movie. Not a se- And it fell into the 24 trap of, hey, let's give the person in danger that we care about, who's Idris Elba, let's give him a family that we don't give a rip about and cut to them at dramatic moments. It's like <laughs> every move was wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, I can't believe that some people actually like this show, but man, I think either Allison or Yusun saw the seventh episode and said, don't bother. But no, no, no. This is, Apple TV Plus usually has good development people. I don't know if they were on vacation this day when this got <laughs> through or what. No, I think they got dazzled by the fact of, ooh, we get Idris Elba. Idris on a plane. That, yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. Throw some snakes on there or something. Because <laughs> man, I just... Everything, basically, when the pilot tased and lets the terrorists in, it's like, dude, 
Yeah, that was it, when it, I was out. And oh it my god! Like a coward. Yes. Yeah. Stupid. Stu- yeah. Blah. Don't. Bother. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, next up is Houston. Your your worst show. Um. Okay. So when we reviewed this show during the year, I was actually kind of gentle with it. Um, I wasn't as harsh as you would think that I would, it would end up being my worst show of the year. But um, two things, considering one, that I had to have watched a show more than 50%. Um, and this is very telling. If I invest enough that I am watching, uh, like Tom, uh, most of the series, but then I can't even be bothered to watch one last episode. Like I can't watch the finale. How bad are you? How bad have you become that it's like going to college and being two credits short and like not graduating? It's okay, like this, what? The suspense is killing us. Yes. So it's Citadel. Um, oh. When I when I first started watching it, I excused it and I thought, well, it's not that the special effects. It's the Russo brothers. But that brings me to my second point, which is three hundred million dollars. So. Per dollar per minute, um, this show is absolutely the worst. Uh, that you I don't know. I feel like House of the Dragon costs more than that, but that's just oh fair. Yes, but I didn't think House of the Dragon was as bad as Citadel. So um, <laughs> I, you know, the 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 chemistry between the two leads, which is actually really very important, um, you know, because it's a two lead show. It's not really a one lead show, and regardless of what kind of chemistry you want between them, whether it's a, a love-hate thing, which it was. Uh, at the end, it was supposed to be a love thing. Uh, you know, that's so important. So if you don't have the basis of that chemistry, that's already a hard watch. Uh, as far as the acting was concerned all over, it wasn't great. Uh, you know, it wasn't terrible, but the all the different combinations of things, like you said, I mean, I could mirror what you said about House of Dragons, which is, um, it was incredibly derivative. It was a spy thriller um, that absolutely held no surprises in any way, shape, or form, uh, it, both in story and character development. The acting was not horrendous, but it wasn't great. There was little to no chemistry between the two leads. Um, so there were no surprises. There was nothing, I mean, and when the show was going on and I was reviewing it, I, I did say um, to mirror uh, what uh, Peter said earlier, it's fine, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a show, there's like acting, I guess, you know, and it comes back once a week, I mean, it's a show, um, but when I really do think about all the things uh, added together, uh, and and like I said, for a show, for me to have invested that much time and energy and to just absolutely not even bother watching the very last show proves to me that it is a terrible show. Um, I, I, and, I will echo you in that I didn't watch the finale either. Yeah. I was I just one episode couldn't. away. Yeah. I couldn't I, bring myself to, and I thought there's really no point. Uh-huh. Um, and so the show did continue to get worse and worse. I do think that the first episode was not bad at all, uh, and it, it made me a little bit hopeful, but it continued to just get, uh, you know, more uh, uninventive and predictable and boring. So as the show went on, I couldn't watch it anymore, and so it's my worst of this season. Okie doke. Uh, next, we have Allison. What is your selection? 
Okay, well, I, I should say um, Hijack was actually on my list. <laughs> it 100% deserved to be there. The only reason Citadel wasn't was because it was so bad that I forgot it was there. <laughs> um, but, but Honestly, I forgot worthy, about it too. I forgot about it too. Both worthy entries for this category, I have to say, you know. Um, but I'm I'm astonished that I'm actually I actually got to go with my first pick um, because I, I figured this this would be a gimme for most people, which was Secret Invasion. Oh, and okay. I I, I, mean, I didn't make it through fifty percent, Allison. That's why. I, okay, I I, I, I made it, it through the whole the, thing. I, I made I it. Through the whole Olivia thing. Coleman kind of saved it from that. I was good. about to say I don't think it, I don't think I put it as I mean it's not good, and I'm gonna let you tell it why it's not good. <laughs> But I don't think it made my bottom. I thought it was mediocre. I think that's where I put it as mediocre. But go ahead. Go it ahead. was. It was just the thing is. It's. It. It, it is absolutely one hundred percent mediocre. It's. It's incredibly awful and a slog to sit through. And the thing is, it had all the ingredients for what should have been just a, an absolutely fantastic show it was one of those things that i was really really looking forward to i think a lot of people were i think the 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 comic that it's taken from is considered one of the the big comics well, well this uh, was not the that comic they did no, not but, do that comic yeah. no but i mean the that's the idea that they took it from so i think that there was a lot of anticipation and it should have been good it, it there's if they had to really try hard to make it as awful as it was <laughs> Um, and but boy, they they went the whole nine yards. They really did. It was just it was tedious. It made no sense whatsoever. Nothing that anybody did actually made any logical sense in in terms of either the storyline or their character motivations. Um, the 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 most of the characters were just bland and uninteresting. It had a great cast, and I I agree that you know Olivia Coleman is always fantastic to watch. And she kind of, you know, spun spun gold from straw hair as far as her <laughs> character was concerned. But she she wasn't enough to save the show for me, as as fun as she was personally to watch. And I mean, Samuel Jackson is normally fantastic to watch too, but he just got swallowed up in in the the awfulness of of this show. It didn't use him properly. It didn't use anybody properly. Um, and, and I think it's, it was just such the, the combination of just, just bad writing, poorly thought out storylines, sketchy characters, and the fact that they really had so much handed to them on a platter that should have been good and that they did nothing whatsoever with the material is, is kind of what makes me feel like this, this was my number one choice. And this was a tough category. I got to tell you, I had a lot of entries here. There's a, there's a whole list of things that I haven't mentioned yet, but you know, this, this somehow man managed to make it to the top. All right. Uh, next uh, we have Peter. What is your selection? Well, I mean, I guess fortunately um, I did not, I mean, I, a bunch of things I, I had some health issues this year so like i i did not watch as much um i had a hard time committing to a lot of television uh this year so i don't really think i have anything i mean i think the idol sucks like uh i think oh you watched that that looked terrible but i didn't but i didn't watch 50 percent of it like so that's why i'm like eh, three episodes like that was really terrible i mean weren't there only seven or something 
Hey, you're close. Oh, enough. I don't know. Then I guess maybe I am. Rounding error in your favor. And actually, I and actually I watched the end episode, so I do know. I was like, well, let me. How is this going to end? And I was like, oh my god, this is so stupid. Like, but like, there's something that drives me crazy in um, and I I notice this a lot lately. Um, so it's funny because. There's a guy on the show Billions who I like. I don't remember his name. It's basically Damian Lewis is like second in command. Do you know who I'm talking about, Tom? I haven't seen Billions since season one. So. But no, he's in season one. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I know, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He he's great. Breaking, he's a character he actor. Breaking Bad, he played Gale. He sucks in Breaking Bad. So like, here's, yeah. here's my issue. I don't like, it drives me crazy when you cast an actor you know, man or woman, and they have to basically be like a badass or something, and they're so not. And that's basically <laughs> the problem with the weekend. The weekend is trying so hard to be like a gangster, and I'm like, oh my god, you are not threatening at all. And the guy from Billions is terrific as Wags on Billions, but in Breaking Bad, he sucks. I never bought him. I I was always like, no, I don't buy this. I, and I love Breaking Bad. It, he's 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 terrific. Normally, the show's great, but that drives me crazy. I don't like it when you cast an actor that really doesn't have the gravitas to make me be like, oh my god, this guy's totally threatening. I'm kind of scared of this person. If you can't do that, it's a huge fail. And that's a big problem with the Idol. I mean, there's a lot of problems with the Idol. Like, I mean the the writing, like the, the how cringy the whole thing is, but that that's my big beef. I really don't like. What's the show, Peter? I don't even remember the show. The Idol is it's supposed to be. I think she's supposed to be kind of like a Britney Spears type. It's oh, funny because yeah. I heard they're like so it was oh, on it was on HBO or Max it's on or HBO. It's Sam Levinson who did Euphoria, which I liked the first season of Euphoria. I just haven't seen any more of Euphoria, but I thought the first season was really good. But it's supposed to be like kind of a Britney Spears, like a teen pop star who wants to be super sexy and it's super exploitive. And then she meets a club owner. That's who The Weeknd is. And he basically like takes over her life and is like super, super um, gaslighty and he's terrible. But at the end of the show, it was all a trick. She she played him. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, it's just like it. Oh, my God, it was so bad. Like, I. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I will say, like, but I don't know. Does that count? Because did I watch? Did I watch fifty percent? All I know is I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer, and I was like, "This looks terrible." (laughs) And I do not understand why you hit play on the pilot because the trailer looks. I like. I like. I like shows and movies about Hollywood. You know, I just I do too. But I could tell the weekend. I could tell the weekend couldn't act from the trailer. I could tell he's so bad. He's so bad. Like (laughs) I can't think of another example. I would almost say no. He's good, but I would say another one I would put in this category, and then I I'll stop so we can move. Is I would sort of say that's the problem. That uh, is his name, John Bernthal. Is that his name? He was only bad on Walking Dead. Other right, than that, but he's I supposed he's to be good. threatening, and yeah. I don't buy him as threatening. He's, but... he's, he's not bad. In The Punisher, he is threatening. Right, right. That's what I say. I was like, he got better. Like, So I'm like, eh. But in, in Shane, he was so bad. I was like, I don't buy this. I don't buy this menace at all or whatever. But no, 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 no. He's good. I think Bernthal has really turned into a good actor. Like, I think he's really... Same thing with the guy in Billions. I was like, no, he's, he's really good if you use him right or whatever. Like, so... But anyways, yeah, that was my worst. 
Okay, good choice. All right, uh, next up, we're going to end on a good note. We're going to say we're going to talk about the best returning shows. So these are shows that are in their season two, three, four, whatever, and they have come back, and this is the season to watch. So we're going to start off with Yusin. What is your pick for best returning show? By the way, Yusin, very happy that she picked Shrinking. I, I forgot about Shrinking. Very good. Yes, yes, thank you. Well, I would have chosen The Last of Us, uh, but <laughs> but I wanted to go a different way. So. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, uh, but much, but well-deserved for sure. My um, choice for best returning would be uh, The Wheel of Time. Um, I hmm. feel like uh, one of the things that really it needs to be, I mean, you've obviously explained it, that uh, it's, it, it's, it is what it, it sounds like, um, but for me, uh, I, I enjoyed season one. I think a lot of people didn't enjoy season one. I didn't think it was great, uh, but I, I like season one. Okay, good. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I like so season one. I like season one. Um, but I, I, I've been hearing from people that, you know, they didn't like it, um, as much, uh, as season two, um, or that they didn't like it. Uh, or that it was problematic. And, you know, it wasn't perfect, the season one, and uh, it definitely left room for improvement. And that's why, um, in part, I chose Wheel of Time, because I think it absolutely did improve on season one. It's, uh, you know, different. It's paced much differently. Um, you know, the, the storyline was more cohesive and more focused. So for me, um, the show became a must watch every week. I was very excited to hit play, uh, every week I was, uh, upset at when the, at the episode ended. These, these are kind of things that kind of mark for me a show that, you know, is one of my favorites. If, if the, if I, if I'm not paying attention to how much time is left in the episode and the episode ends and I'm like, Oh God, I've got to wait a week. Um, you know, and then when the show comes back, I'm like, jump on the couch and get excited to hit play um so the show was paced really well i thought the acting as 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 it was uh with uh moraine uh you know rosamund pike is outstanding i think she anchors the show as she's supposed to obviously um but i think the acting all around is very strong i think it got stronger even with the um with the 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 kids you know i mean they're not kids but you know the supposedly um uh all of them got better acting the the, the sequence where they have uh i don't remember any of their names anymore it's been a while since the show ended but um that whole section where uh the the they're kidnapped and they're enslaved and they're chained and all of that um was really well done oh it, i was gonna i was giving you names rand and nynaeve nynaeve was the one who got uh kidnapped. no Egwene. yeah so the whole Egwene sequence where she was uh kidnapped and enslaved and tortured um really well done the drama was, uh, you know, um, very palpable. Uh, it was very believable. Her acting was outstanding. Um, Rand, who was annoying first season, was much less so second season. So he became very watchable. His storyline was interesting. Um, everything about the show, you know, it it uh, bettered itself. So it built on a very good se first season, I thought, uh, became even better. Uh, even more watchable, even more exciting, uh, and then left me really excited about, you know, a third season. Now, did we hear that it's getting a third season? 
I'm pretty sure it is. I think they bought it with a specific, they paid like some ridiculous amount of money to get a specific number of seasons or something. Okay. So, so, so I that, think so. So that being said, uh, for me, uh, it was absolutely um, the best returning show because it bettered itself uh, and it ended up being one of my must watch shows of the season. All right. Uh, next up, Allison, your thoughts. Um, well, I thought uh, that hands down the best returning show um, was Succession, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I don't, I, I can't sing this show's praises high enough because, on every possible level, in terms of the story, the characters, the acting, the direction, the production design, everything is just so on point throughout the entire series. The series ran exactly as long as it should have. This was its final season. They had plotted it out. They knew how they were going to end it. They knew where everything was going to go. And um, they don't just land this plane. They they just landed gloriously. It's the perfect landing. It's absolutely flawless. And it's just everything about it. The, and the surprise also. I mean, even though you kind of know that this is not going to end happily for anybody, it's how they take you there and the twists that they have along the way um, uh, that are just, just so surprising still and so amazing to watch. Um, and it, when you look back on it, though, you just say to yourself, okay, yeah, it surprised me at the time, but you know what? It makes perfect sense. Everything just, it's like, I should have known it was going to do this because all the elements were there. And the acting I thought was um, spectacular as always, but Karen Culkin in particular, this was, he was the MVP of this particular season. He's, he pulled out a performance that just was amazing this year. And and that's saying a lot in a cast that is so filled with amazing actors and that constantly serves up just brilliantly written characters with incredible dialogue that that they are are serving up just every week. It's it's a show that that assumes the audience is smart and and can keep up with everything. And I really appreciate that in a series. And I, I just think it's going to be a long time before we get another show that operates on the on quite the same high level consistently as Succession did. So that was, yes, in a, in any crowded field, um, Succession is my number one. I really do need to finish Succession. I don't know why. I think I watched half the last season. Um it's terrific. I mean, everything Allison's saying, I mean, I've heard they did the land the plane. I don't know why I haven't finished that. Um, you really I, should. I'll say this, Allison, though. My least favorite person on succession. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say person. They're all terrible. But I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> my, my least favorite, like, performance is actually Kieran Culkin. But everyone says how good he is this season because I think in he is in the oh, other he seasons he's, he's, he's really sort good. of like the Bart Simpson like he's the character that has the goofy funny lines he's the one that's like oh, I can't believe how outrageous he is but I always never really feel like he feels like a person but everyone well, says yeah, he's so he's good been, this season he's like, been very one note throughout yes. most of this and he's very good at what he does you he know is. I mean it's it's he's a snarky nasty character he can always be counted on for that. Um, but he's he hasn't really shown a lot of depth. And this season, they plumb those depths. And he 100% rises 
to the occasion to be able to do it. Yes, I do. I do. I really gotta watch. I gotta. Uh, I gotta finish, finish that. it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> what Tom says. What is your selection, Peter? Um, my my selection. I'm from Chicago, so that should pretty much tell you what my selection is going to be. Um, who knows? If I had finished Succession, it might be Succession. Um, but I I I thought the first season of The Bear was really good. Um, and I don't here, know, here. I don't know why I put off the second season and it was finally like Libya who didn't even love the first season was like, you got to watch the second season of the bear. I was like, all right, I, I know I got to watch this thing. And it was, it was, yeah, man, it was pretty oh, good. good. Like, I mean, like they, I thought they did a brilliant job of like, I think Libya was the one who told me this and that's what kind of made me dive back in. They did a really brilliant job of the second season they they do what a, a show should do, which is, you know, they open up. So now you have that amazing episode where the, the pastry guy is it is he in Copenhagen? Is that where he is? Like Sweden? Somewhere? I can't it. Like he was in got, Amsterdam. He was in Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. It was Copenhagen. It was Copenhagen. We had a you whole got, argument about this. We had a whole remember. conversation about this. It was Copenhagen. <laughs> oh, it is Copenhagen. You've got that crazy Marcus. Denmark. You, You've got the crazy episode. You've got the crazy episode for the the Christmas di- dinner flat. That see, and, and then you're like, oh my god, Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. <laughs> so like, you know, like that's amazing. And then the my favorite episode, which I think Libby is it's it's your least favorite character is the one about cousin where he goes to this where he basically gets retrained and like he finds a way to be at this super high-end restaurant, but still be himself and grow. He becomes a real boy. Like, before- It's a great episode, man. I love that episode. I'm not not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is, in all of first season, he didn't feel like a real person. He felt like a caricature. Yes, the first season- This episode made him real to me. The first season, he's sort of like the Kieran Culkin. He is the- toxic person who always says the wrong thing and you're like oh my god this guy but yes i think he dude i mean also being a taylor swift fan i can't believe how happy i was that they they string that on through the whole season where it's like his daughter wants to see taylor swift and then he's in the car like blaring taylor swift like, oh my god that's amazing like uh i yeah i love the bear i'm glad it's coming back for a third season I just hope they can keep this going, man. Because I was like, these are this is pretty good, man. Like, yeah. All right. So. Uh, next up is Tom. What is your selection? Um, well, because Allison and Peter were looking at my notes <laughs> for Succession <laughs> and the Bear, um, I've, I've, I had a third choice for that I'll move forward. But I just want to say this about Succession. The most brilliant thing about the final season of Succession is they kill Logan early in the season. And then it becomes this power grab with all the sibling jockeying for position. And of course the ultimate re- resolution, basically none of them win, which was very <laughs> satisfying because <laughs> they're all terrible people. And the bear, that that Christmas episode should come with like a, a free therapy session because <laughs> I almost had to stop watching it and then I realized somebody on this writing staff went through this, at least one somebody. So I owe it to them to power through. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the comedy, which only murders in the building. Oh, oh okay. not that I didn't like season two, but Meryl Streep in season three 
forced everybody to kick up their game. Whoever thought to pair Meryl Streep with Martin Short, dude, I mean, and I like Martin Short, but he got, you know, playing opposite Meryl Streep, he upped his game. I mean, he had no choice. He had no choice. He had no choice. And the music, the the original songs they wrote for that, season they three, were fantastic, amazing. And then Paul Rudd, who uh, with this season's victim, and then getting into his backstory, the ensemble cast with the new theater people, making Howard a regular, and finding an organic way to put him in the opening credits. I just thought, you know, introducing Tobert. <laughs> I just thought. That- <laughs> That's so dumb. That was was, so dumb. It was a great season. (laughs) And um, even though they ended up with a female culprit, although they kind of split the guilt because it's a mother and son team, but it was a good season. But man, I'm interested to see what they do with season four because they're teasing a possible, at least partial relocation to LA with different characters wanting to go to LA for stuff. But no, it was a great season. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. Totally with you. forgot about it. Yeah. And I'm mad at you guys because I'm last. So all all the top shows <laughs> have been mentioned. And I will have to say I totally forgot about Murders in the Building until you said it. I was like, oh my God, of course. Um but oh, good lord. So I would actually say the bear, as much as I raved about it, I'm gonna that was probably near the top or my honorable mention because the difference between season one and two is this is how you get best returning because this is like the opposite of a sophomore slump. I love season two of the bear. And then I was going to talk pick wheel of time, but then you said pick wheel of time. Cause it's also the same thing where I've read the books for wheel of time and season one was such a disjointed attempt to tell that story. And it frustrated me. Like, I was happy that we had the characters, that they were setting it up, but they told it in the most frustrating way possible for me. Um, So I was pretty, I wasn't unhappy, but I wasn't satisfied with season one. I was like, I guess the show's a show. But season two, they upped it a serious notch to where I was like, wow, okay, this is the show that I wanted. However, since you guys already talked about those shows, I'm going to talk about Foundation, which was coming, came back for season two. And the, what they did, oh God, what is his name? I'm blanking on people's names now. Um, the main dude who created the Foundation. Someone help me. Oh, uh, Henry, or not Henry. No. Um, Sel- uh, Harry Selden. Harry Selden. Harry Selden. They did something really interesting with Harry Selden this, this season, which I thought was really phenomenal. One, they had him in two places. They have an AI version of him, which is, well, one, we skip 150 years forward in time. So the universe is like reset because uh, things are very different. And now you have to learn how the things are different. And you have Harry as an AI inside the big stone tablet thing that's that's on Terminus. And he's doing a thing. And then you have the Harry Selden that was trapped inside the globe as an AI. But then he gets a real body and now he's a real person. And you're like, wait, what? And then we have a whole episode that's just a flashback to his life. To how he decided 
to to make the foundation where that came from what trauma compelled him to to move in this direction to basically decide that you know screw the empire i'm gonna figure out this math and do whatever so that flashback episode was fantastic he was definitely one of the highlights and they did a really interesting thing with time that season where we thought that the AI version that was stuck inside was moving at the same time period as we were, but then like in episode six or something, you find out, no, that, that the, they're not, you know, operating at the same time. And why would they be? Because he's inside of AI. Like it, it, it was a nice, brilliant kind of surprise. Um, so yeah, the, the, the show really did a good job. The only thing I will say is one of the main characters doesn't make it past the end of season two, and I was not happy about that. Uh, and they didn't do it in a way that like made you sob and cry. They did it in a way that kind of made you angry, because <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Character's dead? Wait, why? And so that was pretty much my... Re- and I get some of why they were doing it, because they technically foreshadowed it. But, you know, foreshadowing means nothing. So, eh. So I was a little annoyed by that bit, but everything else that they did, I thought worked really well. The story with Empire, how he was trying to change his fate because he started to believe in Harry Seldon's predictions, and so he's like, okay, so how do I avoid that? And then that didn't work. And actually finding out the depth of the android's power was also a fantastic storyline. So all of that stuff together made me very happy with season two of Foundation, and we get a season three. Yay! Okay. Yay! <laughs> so I think that's it, guys. I think we've done it. We've done our best Yay! and worst of 2023. Uh, so hopefully when you guys hear our list, there'll be some shows you haven't watched, and we've warned you away from shows you shouldn't watch. And... Uh, that is our wrap-up for the year. So if you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter on Facebook. Listen to us on Six Degrees of Geek and uh, Sci-Fi Radio and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys in the new year. 2024. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year.